You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, welcome to Open Court with Jay Young, your one-stop podcast destination for all things Fairfield basketball, along with the coach, I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, and we're also pleased to be joined today by Stag's point guard, Caleb Green. And to paraphrase a line from the movie Godfather 3, just when we all thought the COVID shutdowns were a thing of the past, it pulled us all back in again. So here we are, instead of speaking to a Coach and Caleb live, we're back on Zoom for, uh, well, hopefully not too long. But Coach, let's start off uh by asking you about this disruption of uh, the season, um, you had a suspicion uh, right after that uh, Wagner game, and then the team broke for for Christmas. You had a suspicion that when they returned from the Christmas break, you might be facing this eventuality. Uh, what led you to think that? And um, why don't you give us a timeline of the events, starting with uh, when the team came back and they were tested. Sure. Uh, it, uh, yeah, my suspicion, unfortunately, was correct. And it was actually a lot worse than I thought it was going to be. I, I just, uh, you know, like like everybody else had heard about the um, the, pre- the prevalence, the, the numbers rising in Connecticut, uh, campus numbers were rising. Uh, and although we didn't have any symptomatic guys, I knew we were going to be tested once we returned from uh, holiday break as, as part of this reentry policy to campus. So even though we had asymptomatic guys, I figured we would get a few positives. And, um, you know, sure enough, I got a call from Paul on uh, December 24th that one of the support staff uh, members who was at the game tested positive. That certainly uh, made me feel that we were definitely going to have some. And then uh, when we got back on the 23rd, unfortunately, my uh, suspicions were correct. And it was, uh, you know, a lot more than I thought it was going to be. So we uh, we had to quarantine for for a while. Yeah, and obviously you were not alone. As it turned out, seven of the eleven MAC teams had to pause uh, for COVID related uh, reasons. Uh, how about you? How are you feeling, Coach, and your and your coaching staff? Yeah, we were uh, we were pretty good. Um, was, uh, uh, we probably the ones who could have had COVID, and, and the team could have gone without us, and maybe done maybe done better. Um, but uh, we we all kind of tested okay, and it, it was just a thing with uh, some support staff and and uh, and the team. Caleb, what about uh, your experience? How are you feeling uh, coming out of the Christmas break, and how are you feeling right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling good. I was one of the lucky ones. I didn't end up testing positive so I got to uh, keep working out and whatnot but yeah I'm just trying to keep everything in perspective and realize we we get to play basketball every day and I'm just trying to focus on the things we can control really it's starting to become like the new norm as sad as that is but uh, just trying to focus on what I can control and uh, feel good. Jay, uh, back to you. Originally thought um, games uh, postponed would be uh, forfeits or canceled. So the uh, revision has come out of the rescheduling policy. Just a general statement from you, things you like, things you don't like. Well, I thought that was what was going to happen eventually. I think the the intention of the forfeit rule, uh, it was it was well intended. 
uh, it was encouraging uh, teams to get vaccinated. And uh, I think most of the teams did that. I just don't think any of us saw this variant coming and what it was going to do to college basketball. And uh, I think you've seen Joe over the course of the last couple of weeks that almost every league now has reversed their forfeit policy. Um, uh, you know, we, we're a fully vaccinated team uh, and there's nothing that we could have done a better job with. Uh, it's just is what it is. And it's, it's really hit, you know, college basketball hard again. So I'm glad that the league decided to do that. Uh, I think it was the right thing to do. The problem is now you've got to move games and you had a short window to do it. So we're going to, uh, and you throw on that, uh, that we're kind of at the whim of the arena and their dates, uh, cause we don't have our own facility this year. It's, it's problematic to reschedule games. So, uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it will only be these two and that we can go into uninterrupted the rest of the season, but you know, you, you never know for sure. Yeah, Coach, I was going to ask you about those several days after the first the Manhattan game on New Year's Eve was postponed and then the game against Iona a couple of days later, scheduled for a couple of days later, also postponed. Uh, if you can take us behind the scenes, uh, the machinations involved in trying to get these games rescheduled, I know that, you know, it's not the easiest thing for – your staffs and the athletic directors to actually kind of agreements on these things. How difficult the process was that? Well, you, you know, it, it, it isn't easy because of the lack of available arena dates that made it the most difficult thing, Bob. And there's, you know, the reason that we're playing these games now at two o'clock in the afternoon is because the only dates we could really work with were dates that the Westchester Knicks, the G League team for the Knicks, were playing at night. Because if it was a hockey game that was playing, they couldn't get the courts down and couldn't flip the arena quickly enough. So the only real option we had, uh, other than playing back-to-back, which we certainly want to avoid, uh, was to play a 2 o'clock game on nights that the Westchester Knicks were playing so we could get our court down. Um, I think they'll actually be playing on our court at night because they won't have time to flip the courts to the G League, uh, to the NBA line. So... That was really the only thing we could do. But we worked, you know, um, Steve Masiello and, and Coach Patino. Uh, we just kind of worked together. And um, I didn't have a lot of options to do it. They don't have a lot of options. So, uh, you know, it's not ideal. It's not the best option for anybody. But it is what it is at this point. And we just would much rather get games in than, than certainly not play them. Yeah, and I'm sure most of our listeners uh... – know how those games were rescheduled but just for the record the Iona game will be played next Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock that's January the 11th and the Manhattan game has been pushed back a little further that's uh, on a Wednesday afternoon February the 16th two o'clock starts again knowing that nothing is ideal when you're dealing with these kinds of circumstances um, that's not ideal but you got to deal you know, or deal with the uh, the hand that you've been dealt. Um, no other way of looking at it, right? I mean, two o'clock start, you deal with it, right? Yeah, I, I I've been telling these guys, and just we can't even think about it. There's there's no asterisk at the end of the year. Uh, you just got to play the games, and and uh, whatever happens, you know, uh, we we can only control our attitude and and uh, our work ethic, and the other things are out of our control. So that's what we're going to focus on, and the guys have done a good job of doing that. Okay, Caleb, how about that? What is the feeling for a player like? Now, we know you went through this last year, 
included the off season last year. You, you didn't really get in much summer work prior to last year. And then of course there was the long delay before the season actually uh, got going and then it was in fits and starts, but here you were in, in a competitive flow. You were playing games. Uh, the schedule had gone uh, as scheduled and then boom, you know, you hit a stop sign and, you know, athletes aren't trained to, you know, do that. You know, you keep going, you get a rhythm of the season. So What's that like from a, a, a player's standpoint, from a physical standpoint, as somebody who wants to get out there and practice and play every day? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's tough. Um, I guess one thing that's, that was good about last year is, like, we kind of got used to that in a way. But um, like, Coach, like Coach Young said, we have to kind of control what we can control. And when we're in practice, now we have to go as hard as we can every day because we're trying to get back in shape and and – yeah, I, it's it's tough, especially on our bodies. But I mean, you just have to kind of get used to it, and we got to try and win. Uh, there's really really no excuses to be had, I guess. So, yeah, no, um, you just hit, we'll get more into with coach uh, how the practices have been going, and we're talking to you uh, after you had just practiced literally uh, a short while ago, and you returned only. The day previous, we're recording this on a Tuesday. You didn't get back to practice until Monday. How much work were you able to do? How physically fit were you able to stay both uh, from a, a fitness standpoint and also a basketball standpoint? Yes. Yeah, uh, fortunately for me, I actually was negative. So I was one of the five guys who was out of quarantine. And we were doing double session workouts uh, every day and lifting. So we were high intensity, staying in shape, getting skill work, uh, lift, conditioning. So I actually have felt and really have been in really good shape uh, this whole time. So it's fortunate for me, but a couple of guys coming out of quarantine is tougher for them. And um, we've been pushing them in practice these past two days. So they're on their way back, though. Everyone's not in bad shape. They were doing Zoom workouts during um, during quarantine. So everyone's everyone's on the right track still. Caleb, you, you said you were one of five guys to, to work out and lift. What exactly did you do with the basketball? Yeah, so, so we would come in in the morning and we would do all types of skill work, dribbling, shooting, uh, finishing. And then after that, it was about an hour, hour 15, we would go lift. Uh, we would go after lift and lift, we would do conditioning as well. So we were staying in shape there. And then we would come back a little later uh, at like 530 or so and just get a, more shots of it. That second session was a little lighter. It was more focused on skills, but we were staying active the whole time. So, Coach, um, we're certainly not going to get into names here. We don't need uh, opponents to know who was positive, who was negative, who uh, is working hard to get back into shape. But I did want to ask you, of course, what your general feeling was about how much the pause set the team back collectively uh, when you got them together for the first time on Monday night? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as Caleb said, I, everybody can kind of do the math on their own without giving names. We had five guys uh, who were able to practice. So that means for whatever reasons, the rest of them were not able to. So a significant amount of our team was sidelined. So, uh we got him back last night at 5.30 for our first one since December 22nd. And it was uh, – guys were sucking wind. And, uh, you know, you can mm -hmm. imagine what that looked like. It, uh, 
there was a noticeable difference from the five guys who had been doing stuff every day to the, to the guys that were not. So uh, we're going to just have to manage that the best we can here the next few days. And also you, you got to resist, you know, they haven't been doing a lot and you don't want to get another guy hurt because they, you come back too fast and try and do too much. So it, it's a real balancing act. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a little depth um, and, and hopefully that, that that will come in handy on Friday night. Caleb, uh, for you, in kind of a weird way, you know, you, you've played almost 30 minutes a game. You played 80 of the last 85 minutes. I know you want to be out there playing. No one wishes ill will on anyone with this COVID, but did you get kind of, did your legs kind of get a break these past few days, not having to practice every day like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, they they, uh, they definitely got a good rest, um, so I mean, it, it, it was it was good and bad. I, I'd much rather be playing games, to be honest with okay. you. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was good for for the legs a little bit. Coach, um, you'll play a Maris team on Friday that does have a game under its belt. They played Iona on Sunday, uh, so they do have uh, at least on paper an advantage in, in that regard. From your standpoint, it's almost. I'll let you put it in the word, but it almost seems like you're playing season opener number two here when you when you play Maris. It's almost like a, another restart for you. How does it change your approach, this 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 pause? And as you said, trying to get guys uh, back into game shape with only a few days to spare. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not that you want to look ahead, uh, Bob, but you're playing not only at Maris, then you got to play three games in five days after right. you've been on pause. So, Again, you, you, you're trying to – we'll try to manage that bench as much as we can and, and uh, get guys to, to play as hard as they can and, and then try and sub them. But we're conscious of, of what's ahead of us coming out of this pause. And uh, there's not a lot we can do. We're, we're going to try and dummy down some stuff and, uh, you know, uh, get guys rested, maybe use the media's a little uh, – more to your advantage where you can get guys out before that. But, uh, you know, we're going to throw it up on Friday night. And like I said before, there's just not going to be an asterisk next to the game. We're going to have to play it and no one's going to care who was on pause and who wasn't. And Maris could try and beat this as badly as they can. And we're going to try and, 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 and win the game as well. So, uh, you know, I think it was Penn state came out of like a three-week pause and beat Indiana the other day. So, you know, you still got to play the games. We're going to be ready for it against the good Marist team and, and uh, not a lot of tricks up our sleeve and not a lot of stuff we can do other than be really conscious as best we can about the bench and how we manage minutes. This is a real hopscotch question because I'm going a little bit out of the flow, but you did allude to the fact that you have three games in five days. You've got Marist on Friday, Siena on Sunday, and then that afternoon game on uh, Tuesday against Iona. But I want to ask you about Siena because their game against Monmouth has been postponed. They were supposed to play Monmouth on Friday, and it's both programs, Monmouth and Siena right now, who are quote-unquote experiencing, you know, still COVID disruption. When will you know that Siena is in the clear? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get too far ahead right. of things, but when are you going to get the green light on that Siena game? Well, I don't know until you tip it up if you ever really, really have the green, green yeah, light, maybe the day before. Yeah. But as of now, we've been told that they feel confident, uh, our athletic directors have communicated that the game can be played. 
Um, we'll worry about that a little more once the Marist game is done. But as of now, we think that that game will be will be played. Okay. Uh, that's all I really have. I mean, things change so quickly in this thing. And, and uh, you know, you have to have eight available scholarship players. So who knows? But uh, uh, like I said, the, the ADs have communicated and it looks like right now we can get that game in. Yeah, you just mentioned one of the um, the provisions that the MAC has laid out for playing a game. You need to have um, eight scholarship players. They, you can, at your own discretion, go with fewer than that. You would never consider that, right? You're going to go with the baseline's eight, and that, and and you'll go with that. I presume, correct? Yeah, and I also think it. You know, a lot has to do with who those eight are. I mean, if they're all. You know, what if, what if, what if your aid is all guards or all forwards or vice versa, you know, like it's, 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 uh, I don't think any of us uh, want to see Supreme bringing the ball up the floor, uh, you know, as a point guard. So I think that has a lot to bend on. I don't even think Supreme wants to see that. Uh, so, you know, that, that certainly comes into play, but, but I, I don't see a scenario where we would play with less than eight scholarship players. Didn't think so. We just figured, uh, A, get that out there. People now know you need it. It's, it's ace the number. You could play uh, with fewer if you wanted to, but I don't think anybody certainly will. Um, let's talk about that last game you played. Seems like eons ago, the, the December 23rd game against Wagner. Uh, don't need to belabor um, a point here, but – well, point, <laughs> no pun intended, is actually uh, the problem in that game. That was your Fairfield team this year that really has taken a big step forward in terms of offensive production. That was the first time that a team kind of throttled you, um, held you to 50 points, which for this Fairfield team was unusual. So what were, you know, coming out of that, you look, you, you're a big, big film guy. What did you say next time a team, you know, really – it intensifies the defense and they and Wagner came at you. That was a good defensive team. What were the learning points to come out of that? How would you handle it differently? Uh, and you're going to, you're going to see that kind of defense again, many times in, in the Mac. Um, so where do you go from there in terms of the, the learning process coming out of that Wagner loss? Yeah, I think there was a lot for us to take uh, from the film. Uh, one thing we were able to do, uh, with the guys while they were all in COVID, we got on one of these Zoom sessions and, and watched some film with them over, over the Wagner game. Uh, it was a combination of one, let's, you know, give credit to Wagner. Obviously, we're a very good defensive team. I, I thought it was going to be a struggle for us to score. They're physical. They get into the ball. Um, they pressure you on, on every possession. So I was worried about uh, our offense going into that game. And we just, our execution had to be so much better. Uh, first, against the zone when they switched to zone with us, we had, you know, I think we went one for eight in those possessions with a couple bad turnovers that led to baskets. So uh, our zone attacks have to be a lot better. Um, and then, you know, we, we got shot ourselves in the foot too. It, it, you know, we missed free throws during that stretch. I think we were 12 for 21 from the line, which, which, you know, when, if you're going to play a game where, you know, possessions are going to be important, you can't do that. Uh, we missed a couple open shots in the game, but you know, it, I, I was worried about live ball turnovers first. That wasn't too bad. It wasn't. Uh, we we did a decent job, but uh, we just operated too low. You know, too deep into the shot clock. By the time we got the ball over at half court and got organized, so um, 
it's kind of a long winded. There's just so many things that I would want to do differently in that game. Uh, but I think a lot of it, you got to give credit to a very good Wagner team. I watched almost every one of their games. And, and I think that we talked before the game, Bob, and I said, boy, this is going to be a difficult game for us to score at. Um, and, and it was, uh, and again, their, their credit, and we didn't do a good enough job of getting that game. We probably need to win that, you know, 62, 60, something like that. And 62, 60, 58. And, and we just couldn't get that number uh, for a lot of reasons. So, Jay, my question to you is, uh, I look at um, the UMass last two games, and um, even against FDU, who's pretty athletic, um, you, you seem to be struggling to make the three against the athletic teams. Even the Holy Cross team came out, you started 0 for 13 from three. As a fan, I'm concerned about your three-point shooting. H how are you going to address getting points? I, I know Supreme Cook is a beast. Really, really impressed with Mido. He made like three post moves I really haven't seen in that last game. Are you going to try to do more? And again, you got limited practices. Are you going to try to do more working on getting tough twos? Is, is it? What's your whole thought process as you come into the MAC and you're playing? Um, you're playing Marist, whose defense is really good. Iona, who's going to press you. All these teams are athletic. Just your thought process and how you're going to score points. Yeah, I mean, three, I think, maybe getting tough too. Yeah, I think, you know, the Wagner game was really the first game all season that, that uh, you know, our offense hasn't been at, uh, you know, we've, we've been playing much better offensively. There's no doubt about that. And, and our numbers all indicate that. That was really took a step back. Um, I'm not as good. We, we got to just keep taking good threes and we address it all the time. We've got good shooters and guys who can make it. Uh, I'm just look at the quality of our shot selection. Uh, if teams are going to pressure us, we got to loosen them up a little bit with a little, couple more backdoor looks. We always try and throw the ball inside. You know, Supreme got into foul trouble against uh, Wagner, never really got in the rhythm that we wanted him to, to get into. Uh, and, and we, we, you know, the biggest thing for us is we've just been fouling a lot uh, defensively. We've, you know, that's the, the difference in our wins and losses foul wise is substantial. So uh, I, you know, Joe, we just got to take – we got good shooters, and I got guy confidence in, in guys like Woj and, and Caleb and Taj and those, those and TJ. Those guys have been proven shooters for us. Zach is shooting the ball really well. Um, you're going to go through stretches like this. Obviously, the when you play teams defensively who – you know, they're going to take away the three. Our execution's got to be better. Our screening's got to be better to create a little more space for us. Um, and we got to get teams to miss. If we're going to let teams shoot free throws and let them be set defensively, uh, it's going to be harder for us. Um, so we've, we've got to do all those things, but I'm, I'm confident that I just want us to take good, good looks and uh, if guys miss, they got to go down the other end to defend. But um, I, I think we got good, good shooters that uh, as long as they're taking good shots that we're going to make them. Caleb, uh, we just heard from the coach's perspective uh, regarding specifically that Wagner game. How about uh, from your perspective as the point guard, the next time that Fairfield, faces a, um, a team like Wagner, and that's, that's about as aggressive a defensive team as you're going to face all year. But you'll see more of that in the MAC. Um, your, your viewpoint as to how you and Fairfield will handle those situations uh, the next time you face it. Yeah, so I think a, a big key for our team is, att is attention to detail. Like when we're running lanes to transition correctly, when we're 
hitting guys on screens when we're sprinting through cuts we, we we get open looks we get great shots so I think that's one thing our coaches have been harping on us in, in film is just attention to detail and when we do that I think it'll help relieve pressure against teams like Wagner and um, we're going to get the looks we want because like coach said we have plenty of offensive weapons plenty of shooting so uh, we can play inside out. So I think for us, it's really just attention to detail and, and execution. Well, you're uh, you're the lead guy, literally, uh, for this team. You're the point guard, and you're in year two as the starting point guard, year three with the program. You really seem to have um, gotten into a comfort zone here uh, as, as a stag. You're playing very well. Um, you had a couple of, uh, you know, bumps to start the season, but – you fought through that. You're clearly a hard worker. Why don't you tell us how you got to where you seem to be now? I use the word comfort zone. Would you agree with that? And how did you get there? Yeah, yeah. No, I actually agree with that. I, I feel that way, too. That's, that's a good way of putting it. But I think it's just um, a tribute to my hard work. One, um, I'm in the gym every day extra, getting shots up. And then, two, um, it's Coach, Coach Young has been staying on me for these past three years, even when I wasn't playing. So um, I think I've gotten in the right mental space and and kind of found that confidence through hard coaching, through the film sessions, through um, correcting mistakes in practice. And um, I think it's just led to me um, being confident and, and just understanding uh, the way Coach Young wants us to play and being able to help other guys do the same. And uh, things are just coming easy because I'm not, I'm not thinking about the wrong things. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about how are we going to win and, um, and it's just getting me in the right spots and things of that nature. So. Well, I, I got to tell you, been around this program, Bob and I a long time. I don't think there's anyone that's close to the program is not rooting for you. You're a good kid. You're a good student. You're a great uh, example for Fairfield. You're a great representative of Fairfield. Um, and your numbers are off the charts the last seven games. So kudos to you. Is there anything that you see that you want to get better at? Um, One thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always looking to shoot it from the three better. Um, I just think that'll, one, open up the floor for my teammates, and it'll open up the floor for me because – if guys are ha if guys have to close out to me, uh, I'm quick enough to get by guys, and and when I get in the lane, I I tend to make the right decisions. So I think that that'll open up my game and also just make our team uh, a lot better. So I'm just looking to get better at that over the, over the course of these next uh, few weeks or a few months. And yeah, how uh, how are the academics going, Caleb? Um, you're you're working on your masters right now, correct? Yeah, working on the masters. Uh, grad school is definitely harder than undergrad, but it's still going well. Uh, had to put in even more effort, but it's going well. Uh, you're working on a master's in business administration, correct? Yeah, that's correct. This is you're in your first year. That's what a um, <laughs> could tell. I never went through a master's program. That's two <laughs> years, correct? Uh, here you can or get it done one. Uh, they, right. they make you, yeah, you can do it either way, but I'm a full-time student, so you can get it done in one. It's a, it's it's a, it's only twelve classes. Um, your um, undergraduate, your final grade point average, uh, including the Holy Cross years. What did your GPA cumulatively end up as when you uh, got your your BA? I think it was like a three nine, three nine one, something like that. 
Yeah. Slacker. Yeah. Bob, he's a slacker. <laughs> I think we asked you who worked that one great what, – what was that one class that kept up from being a 4-0? I can't remember. I can't remember. I do remember you guys asked me that. I don't remember the class, though. Yeah, it's not important. <laughs> what are you working toward? Actually, I'm asking you what you're working toward after I have to admit I, I saw your LinkedIn page that you aspire to be a, a real estate analyst. And Joe and I were talking earlier today, we were both saying we've got to ask him what a real estate analyst actually does. It sounds very impressive. Yeah, yeah. So after basketball is all said and done, whenever that may be. Um, so I want to be a real estate analyst. And basically, that's just someone who uh, analyzes um, commercial real estate deals. So they find properties that are underperforming. Um, bring them to their higher ups and say, oh, we can do this, this and this if we acquire the property and help it make more money. So in a way, it's like private equity, but it's uh, more on a real estate uh, side, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And uh, what uh, what piqued your interest in that? Uh, I don't know. I've always I think real estate has always been like my kind of like my second interest uh, next to basketball. And um, obviously, I'm getting older and thinking about the future. So I was like, oh. Uh, might as well explore it and watch some videos and whatnot. And um, I just, I don't know. I just think it's, uh, it's cool. Just finding something that's not doing as well as it can be and making it better. Uh, it kind of reminds me of sports in that way. Like, I don't know, people can take a year out, work on their game and just be a completely different player. So uh, it's kind of like that model to me. So 10 years from now, where do you self, where do you see yourself settling in doing in that line of work? Yeah, hopefully in the Northeast, working for like a commercial real estate firm, um, just like New York City, New York City, Boston, uh, anywhere up here. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm jumping back in. I apologize. I don't know if it was my Wi-Fi that dropped out. Uh, I apologize, Kip. I, I I missed a chunk of your answer. Um, I know Joe picked up on your um, your, your career goals. Uh, I wanted I wanted to ask you about basketball. And um, your future with basketball, what do you see near term and, and long term as far as your basketball career is concerned? Yeah, so I'm just going to I'm going to play this year out, um, see where I'm at with my game, uh, what I want to do in these upcoming years, whether I want to play professional or, um, you know, take my last year eligibility here. Or, and uh, I'm, I'm not really sure yet. Uh, I kind of want to see how I feel at the end of this year. That's kind of been my thought process. So I'm kind of trying to stay in the moment and, uh, and just finish out this year because I'm, I'm trying to win. Um, we got so close last year. So I definitely want to get the job done this year. And then we'll see where I'm at after the season. Well, pardon me, because I've lost total track. So you actually have another year of eligibility? Yeah, technically, because I sat out and then the COVID year. So, Yeah. Right, good for you. I, I like I said, I, I just between the COVID year and transfer portals, I, I don't know who's what year these days for anybody. Yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but good approach, Caleb. You, as you said, you stick in the moment, and uh, you can't go wrong with with that approach. Has a great attitude. Sure, Coach. Um, just some real quick as we wrap things up here. Um, housekeeping items. Uh, the injuries, the, um, the Jalen Leach update. And, you know, we haven't asked you about Chef Galakwandi yet. Um, we know we can't play this year, 
why don't you give us an idea of how he's progressing, both those guys, how they're coming along? Yeah, Jalen's actually being reevaluated tomorrow uh, uh, to see where he's at. And as we discussed, it was not the foot that uh, he broke last year. It's his other foot kind of from some overcompensation. They developed a stress fracture, so we had to let that heal. We'll get a better idea of where he's at tomorrow. He really hasn't done anything other than, you know, lift and bike for the last few weeks. Uh, Chef's doing well. He, he's he's limping around, but he's doing okay, and uh, he's going to PT all the time. Uh, he's he's certainly off the crutches, and uh, you know he he's progressing well. We, again, he's won't be back this year, but uh, he's coming to practice every day and uh, gives us his thoughts. He's like having just what I need another opinion around the program. So we got we got another <laughs> assistant coach for Chef. <laughs> so, uh, but he's doing really well, and he's he's kept a great attitude. Good to hear. Joe, anything else before we wrap things up? Yeah, I just kind of mentioned it. Uh, Mido had some post moves in that last game against Wagner. You and your staff thinking about getting him maybe some more post looks? or? Yeah, Chris, is, Chris has been much – you know, the extra weight for him, I think, has really helped him down low, that 10, 15 pounds, whatever he's, he's put on. Uh, he's been able to get right to the basket. And uh, he's kind of a, a unique post player. He's really not a jump hook guy or that type of thing. He's more – um, kind of like get it down there and face up and elevate over you. But he's been doing a better job with that. Um, so we, we got to get his minutes up a little bit and get his conditioning a little better. Uh, you know, uh, he and Supreme have kind of been split in that spot. And, uh, you know, I'd like to have Chris play a little at some four and that type of thing to get his minutes up. So we're going to take a look to do that if we can. Um, and, and see where we're at. But Chris is doing obviously a really good job. He's kind of making the eight out of 10 shots. So we probably, we probably got to get him more, some more shots right now. And, and uh, uh, he's doing a, a heck of a job for us. Well, challenging circumstances guys, but uh, you certainly appear to, uh, at least from where we sit here on our uh, computers and iPads to have a great attitude about it all. I'm sure, uh, you know, eventually, uh, We'll get through this, uh, not only as a basketball program, but uh, as a society. We're all dealing with this this craziness, but um, keep up the great attitude. We, Joe and I both wish you plenty of luck as you move the season forward. And uh, I know that it, this is not new territory, all this COVID stuff. You came out of it pretty well last year. Looking forward to the same over these next few weeks. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. Next up for the Stags, Marist on Friday, and then a game at Sin on Sunday, followed by a Tuesday afternoon game, January the 11th, against Iona at the Webster Bank Arena. We want to send out special thanks to Kayla Green for being with us today, and for Jay Young and the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis and our producer Ryan Moynihan. I'm Bob Eastler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.